Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome, guys, back to another episode of this week's podcast, Get the Belt. I'm your host, Miles, and I'm joined today by a special guest, Jay McGregor. Welcome, Jay. What's good, Miles? Yeah, not much, not much. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Been a long time coming. Um, let's get straight. Not me recording with the headphones on. Right. No, that's not cute. It messes up my curls, sis. <laughs> Do you know what is... They're trying us outside. The devil is on shift, but Honestly. you know what? We're going to power through. We're going to power through. So... Um, before we get into who you are, what you do, if you guys don't already know, um, we've got a word of the week every single week on this show. What is your word of the week this week? Build your own door. Oh, come on. Come on, B&Q. Come on, expand on that for us. <laughs> so my word of the week is build your own door because you simply have to this day and age in the industry there's a lot of people that will close doors behind them there's a lot of the doors that will be locked and you feel like you're banging it down mm -hmm. so you just have to try and build your own easier said than done yeah. but once you do and you open that key yourself it's a different kind of feeling because then all those other doors that were locked before that you were banging down yeah. seem to start opening and cracking a little bit before you just bust them wide open yeah come on bust them wide open Jay <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you got any experience with that yourself I feel like you do I've seen a little Little things circulating on social media, a, a sports day with 100%, Jay. 100%, like, 100%. Okay. Like, I want to create my own content. I want to mm. create shows that live digitally and eventually go down that TV route. Yeah. So, right now, I have to build my own shows. I have to build my own doors. And by doing that, I'm getting my own teams together. I'm getting loads of my freelance friends to help me. And I'm yeah. creating the content that I want to see. Yeah. Until the point where someone says, oh, do you know what? That Jay's really sick. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? That content was really good. Let me get her to do more stuff. Before there was a day and age where you'd go to these companies and these production people and you would kind of pitch them their idea. They would help you make a pilot and then see how it goes. Now you have to be doing amazingly, make your own pilots, make your own content so they can see that it yeah. works. And then they say, oh, actually, let's give you some help and some funding behind it. Yeah. So it's a lot more hard work that you have to do. But if you really want it and if you think it's a great content, then you have to go with it. Yeah. Build your own door. It's so true. Like the world as we know it is like 
changed, especially since when I was like, like a teenager, early 20s. Like you, that do-it-yourself mentality, I don't think was as present or as achievable as it is now. Like even on our iPhones, like we can shoot a, shoot a 4K video. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much at our fingertips. Like we can, we can put things out there and it reach the world just from my phones so like that do-it-yourself mindset is it is definitely something that I think many of us are having to do now and I don't feel like there's like we were just talking about a certain company that is meant to like help mm -hmm. with certain things that I do and often a lot of these big corporations don't help out people that aren't millionaires, haven't got, you know, five million followers on Instagram or TikTok. So the whole open, build your own door mentality, I think is actually crucial in this, in this day and age that we're living in, in like not just creating content in, in, in everything so much, you do. Yeah. Because eventually that the heads will turn. Eventually the followers will come. Eventually these yeah. things will start happening. But you need to be confident enough in yourself that you can do it. Even if it isn't to the standard that you want to get to or like the dreams and the goals you have to yet, you've got to start somewhere. Pe period. Well... Um, where, where, where am I heading to next? So, Jay, so you do TV, radio, presenting, I think you're on, uh, represents every Tuesday. Yes, I am. Yeah. Um, you've just recently moved over to Channel 4. We can hear, is it Channel, is Channel 4, yep, right? Channel e 4 and, and E4. And E4, yeah. And you, am I correct in saying you're the, the voice that is like the next Yeah, I guide you and tell you what you're going to watch, what's coming up, all of the tea needs to know about, all of the programs. Lit. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, about a month and a half. How's it going? It's going really well. It's been a lot to learn, but it's been great to play around and really just be that friendly voice that people can trust. And people start saying, oh my God, I heard you. And oh my God, it's you. And putting like a face to a name yeah. is just amazing. Did you ever see yourself doing something like that when you first started? Do you know what? I always saw myself doing voiceovers. I had a, always okay. had a great voiceover mentor. Yeah. But could I say that I'd end up at Channel 4? Absolutely not. And is it all scripted or have you got a freestyle? I write my own scripts. Come on, you write... Wow, okay. Yeah, it so. gets approved by the continuity team and the yeah. lawyers. Got to check if you're legal. No way. And then I record it and it goes out to air. No way. So do you record that from home? Do you go there and do it? I go there, I do it at HQ and I edit okay. it there as well. And then it goes out and it matches up with all of the graphics and all the things that you see. Oh, yeah. No way. Oh, that is so lit, man. And so before you had like come into the TV scene and mm -hmm. as the voiceover um, for Channel 4, etc., you were previously in people's ears with radio and still are. And that was at Represent, right? Yes. How long have you been there now? I've been at Represent for about maybe coming up to eight years, but that's been oh, on wow. and off. Yeah, okay. Um, I've done uni at the time, college at the time. I did a year abroad at the time. So it's been a relationship where I've grown from being like a broadcast assistant yeah. to being a producer, to being a presenter and being able to really like hone in on my show, help and push talent and just get into entertain people. At what age were you like, okay, this is what I want to do? Probably I'd say at... 17, 18. Okay. I'd just done all of my A-levels with some really good results. Mm -hmm. And it was on results day that I was like, do you know what, mum? I don't want to go to vocational and dance. I yeah. actually want to go and do media. 
And that was really wild for me because dance is my whole life. Since the age of two, I've been in dance classes. Yeah. I went to Brit school, like I properly trained. Yeah. I've done things like X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, the Brit Awards. And I kind of had those really big experiences really early on. So it was only when I was doing A-levels and I got to pick another subject and I picked media that I was like, wow, there's something else that I'm good at. There's something yeah. else that's besides dance. And I realized that it wasn't something that I wanted to necessarily do as my career. It had just been a hobby that had taken me through like, 12 to 15 years of my life that I wasn't ready to let go of yet. Had you already auditioned for any vocationals at this point? Yeah, at the time I had auditions booked. <laughs> okay, so well done. And you, you you just didn't go? Or yeah, did, I just didn't go. Didn't go. And then where did you, what was the next step? So I was then going to go to Manchester. And yeah. I was going to go to um, Manchester Met to study media. Okay. And then again... After I got accepted, I was like, mm, Manchester's not really where my heart is. I wanted to stay in London because I wanted to keep yeah. doing my represent show. And I was getting... Oh, so you already had the represent show? Yes, yeah, so I hold was... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so you're in dance class at the Brit School. How do you go from jazz and ballet to have working at a radio station? I literally just kept emailing them until they couldn't ignore me anymore. Period. <laughs> Honestly, and that's how I got a foot in the door about Jokes. being a broadcast assistant and yep. starting from the bottom and working my way up. No way. Yeah. And then ended up going to University of the Arts London, LCC in Elephant. And I continued to study media yep. until I graduated with a first. Come on. That also just pulling back to what you were saying about you catch on sending them emails. There's some people that I need to email and have emailed, but I don't want to, I don't want to come across as like too much, but fuck that. No. I have a three time email rule and yeah. I will email three times um, and I will give it kind of three weeks in between. There's okay. some people that I've heard that say that if they get one email from you, they'll ignore it. And if they get a third email, that's when they know you're serious. And some people are just really, really busy. But I have actually heard that. That is so interesting. Because I get some people that are busy, but like... You, like you can at least be like... You can, you can respond... I feel like... I do feel like that, but then I feel like some people just put it in a folder, like, we'll get back to you later. Lost. And it just gets lost. Yeah, no, period. I'm emailing. As soon as we finish recording, there's some emails that I'm going to send in. Um, so you graduated with your first. What was the next part of your journey after leaving uni? So the next part of my journey was actually just really, like, establishing myself okay. um, as a presenter. Yeah. So I started putting on my own live events at Box Park in Croydon. Yeah. I got some funding from the Arts Council. And Did you source that all yourself? I sourced that through Small Green Shoots. And okay. They were a really great company that helped push young people into the music industry. Because mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help put on talent and help put them onto audiences and give them connections that they may not have had before. So we did two live music nights. Yeah. Um, we had a live band. So artists that had never performed with a band before got to perform. We played games like Finish the Lyric. We played games like Guess the Artist. We had yeah. a party. We had loads of industry people in the rooms. So they could look at new talent. We had giveaways. And that was kind of my first, like, look, I am here. And yeah. this is what I'm about. It was called J Presents. And it's really good. And we're, we might be looking to bring it back this year. So really excited. Come on. Anywhere I can help, let me know. Let me know. 100%. Um... So, not me forgetting to ask you how your week was. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you're currently in at Represents Radio. Do you plan on being there for much longer? You've been with them, you were saying, now for like nearly eight years on and off. Are you planning on staying for longer is there a new venture you want to go with them do you plan on being a presenter there i heard you said you produce 
So my journey with Represent has been great. I've yeah. produced, I've presented, I've done just about everything. Yeah. And I've nearly been everywhere on the schedule. Having my own radio show and have my own platform is like yeah. my baby. I yeah. love seeing artists at the beginning of their journey. And then I threw, I think through Represent's playlist, you see them go on to like the One Extras, Capital Extras, the Kiss Freshers. It's like a big circle. And then they get yeah. to Main Kiss, Main Capital. And then their careers blow and they get signed. So I see artists at the start of that journey. And when I was working at places like Kiss, when I was working at the BBC, you'd see that circle and you'd know that you was at the start of that journey. Uh, and I think for me, I just want to keep perfecting my craft in that way. Yeah. Um, national radio is definitely on the cards. It's something that I'm dying to do yeah. because I'm just such a radio nerd. Yeah. Like that was me and the kid growing up. Like me, Ricky, Melvin and Charlie were best mates. They have no clue who I am. <laughs> the feeling that they gave me yeah. is a feeling that I want to give to the next generation, which is a tricky one because they don't actually listen to radio. Yeah, I was going to say. So it's trying to find a new way to connect with those audiences and still bring the love of radio back if we can, to those younger audiences. So hopefully some opportunities are coming my way. I've had mm -hmm. some, some good meetings so far. Um, so yeah, keep your fingers crossed for me. Lit, lit. So you were saying that you um, you recognise that not a lot of people listen to radio, especially that the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You actually have quite a big fan base. You've been noticed by many, many people. How are you bridging that gap and bringing that community to where you're at now? Other than Definitely like, through social media. Yep. Um, my sister's 12 and she is like a TikTok genius. She yeah. tells me who I need to be getting on my show, who her people are listening to, who her people like to watch. So through her, I'm able to connect the gap and really find out, you know, these next social stars that are coming through. Yeah. The music artists, whether they're creators, whether they're actors, like all the people that they like to engage with and then having them share their stories on radio. Now, they may not necessarily listen to the live show, but they will watch the social media content after. Yeah. And that's when I see like it going viral on TikTok and getting a lot of pickup through that. So even if they're not listening directly, it's still like pushing it back to the radio station, brand awareness, knowing me as a presenter and yeah. being known for, oh yeah, she brings through my favorite people. Yeah. What is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned on your journey? Oh, how, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> um, just knowing to listen to myself, like my inner self, because yeah. there's a lot of people in this industry that will make you think you can't do it all. And everyone says, jack of all trades, master of none. But mm. I feel like when you're passionate about multiple things, let that be your superpower. Because in this day and age, being able to record a podcast, present a podcast, edit a podcast, visual, audio, mm -hmm. and being able to put it on social media, being able to do all these kind of things, they're all different skill sets. Yeah. Being able to host events, being able to run events, being able to produce content, it all goes hand in hand. And it's just making sure that you're you're good across the board and you're great at the things that you love and that you thrive in, instead of being told, nope, you can only do one thing and you stay in yeah. this very linear box. But it's really not true. And I think it's because the generation before us are very traditional in their mindset because yeah. they were not open to those opportunities and yeah. those responsibilities before. So now they see it and it scares them a little bit. So I feel like even subconsciously, they're a bit like, oh, you know, would love you to keep your focus here. Whereas a lot of brands now, the ones that are progressing, the ones that are thriving are brands that give you multiple opportunities, brands yeah. that give you different areas to release your creative outlets from because it will make you better at doing the job that you're employed to do, for example, yeah. because you have outlets, because you're getting inspiration from different fields, different people, different opportunities. Yeah, I've been uh, in interviewing, having meetings with like new agents and it's, I think I've only met two so far mm -hmm. that will do more than just submit you for an audition for a show or a musical or play or whatnot. And I do more than just act and sing. Like, I, like you, I've, I'm a podcast, I'm a presenter. Um, 
and there's literally only been two that have been like, oh, we like the fact that you do more than this. Like, you, this could bring in this, and mm -hmm. you could do this. I'm like, that's not a normal thing. And I feel like, yeah, we are we are getting into the space where doing more than just one thing is being seen as, like you said, a superpower. And I've always been a bit scared of, oh, that whole jack of all trades, mm -hmm. master of none thing, because I'm like, oh, I, I do do so much. And so sometimes I don't want to say I do this and I do that because it can look like, well, but what do you actually do? And it's like, nah, like I actually do Not all at all, man. You can't, <laughs> can't be living like this. Yeah. You can be known for doing something, having a niche, having something that you're massively passionate about. But yeah. all these other skills, they are your superpower. It doesn't get lost. A lot of people say you need to niche down and your niche could be four different things. As long as you're strong enough, in those areas yeah. and you know yourself and people know you as a person, it doesn't matter if I want to present one day and I want to make pottery the next. If they know that I'm passionate about pottery, then whether that's that audience, that fan base, those people that support me, yeah. hopefully they'd want to support that journey too, right? Because it's, it's still me. It's still me. Yeah. I'm the person and the skill. Both yeah. of us are one. Yeah. Um, going back to Jay Sports Day, uh, you were saying that, um, you know, build your own door. Is mm -hmm. this something that you did by yourself or is that? Yep, yeah, completely by myself. So I got together freelancers, a freelance um, producer, freelance um, videographers, sound people, um, production manager, runners, um, and the talent were all people that I knew that also believed in me. They're people that yeah. are interviewed on my radio show, they're music artists and creatives that are doing amazingly right now. And they believed in me enough to be able to do that for free as well, which is not something that... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. And sometimes you do have to pull in favours. And I raised up my own funds to pay all the staff that are involved for Come their on. time. And it was a lot. It was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. But the results so far have been good. Yeah. Um, we're at over 20,000 across all five videos. Come on. And it's something that I'm like, look, I'm here. This is the content that I want to make. I see the stuff that you're doing. My stuff is slightly different. Let's move. Let, like, let's work. I'm ready. Like, you can see what I can do by myself. Mm -hmm. Imagine what I could do with a team with behind a team, me. Yeah, I hear you. What made you want to do that specific um, show, like with Sports Day and stuff like that? Where did that? Where did that inspiration come from? I just think back to school and primary yeah. school specifically. That's what took me straight away. Sports is something that you. I can fun. see you with an egg, bitch. I can see you with an egg. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I was thinking, how can I show off these artists yeah. who are known for being sick musicians and talent in a different way? How can I let them be really competitive and not something that's going to be like totally exuberant of their energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But will also get them laughing and yeah. literally cracking up. So I thought going back to a sports day would be fun. I had access to a school yeah. and it was something that I could keep going as rounds. It's something that never has to end. This yeah. round was music artists. My next round might be actors. Mm -hmm. My next round might be TikTok stars. My next round might be lover boys or bad bitches. Like, Come on. Know. Oh, I'd watch that one. That'd be lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I wanted to, that I could keep going for forever if it needed to. What was the funniest part of that whole process? Do you know what? Just the guys themselves, they're mm. absolutely hilarious. They never met each other before, but you'd think they were okay. bros. Like, the way they finished those sports and the competitiveness, it was so funny. Like, they were flying, doing, like, salmons over, like, ropes. Like, some of the games they even made up. Like, <laughs> it was absolutely mad. What was the hardest thing about putting that all together? Just being one man up. Literally, mm. like, from planning stage to putting it together and... I have to thank Sam, my director, for helping me a lot with that stuff. 
but just knowing the fact that it was just me, like I'm the decision maker here, I'm the one, and I'm not an expert in all of these films. Yeah, in all of these fields, should I say? When people are asking me questions, I'm like, hmm, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> Don't really know. Yeah, I can find out though, and yeah. just winging it the whole time and hoping for the best. What uh, would you say has been the proudest moment so far of your career? That is with like the voiceover stuff you're doing now on TV, working with the BBC Kiss, represent, mm -hmm. like you've done a lot. What would you say the standout, like two taps on my chest moment is for you? Oh, okay. I have two moments. Okay, that's the yeah, My it. first one is the producer and me. Um, we were looking for some content at Kiss and Little Mix was celebrating their 10 year anniversary. Okay. So I had the idea of getting a 10 year old to interview Little Mix. And I had a sister at the time who was 10. Oh, perfect. So Yay, she got to interview on. Little Mix. Like, is this the one who was, is 12 now that is yeah. telling you about... She's, she's helping you out, sis. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> and to be able to like give that moment to my sister yeah. and... She's obsessive little mix. So at the time, it was a huge deal. Yeah. That did so well on cross socials. Other brands started copying it, but it wasn't as good. Ah. And it was just the fact that she bossed it. I gave her all the training I could give. And oh. um, when the camera started rolling and the audio was going, she just nailed it. And that for me was like, this is an idea that I've had from start to finish. I've developed it. My team have believed in me. And my yep. sister has not let me down at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the second moment? Probably hearing myself for the first time on Channel 4. Okay. Channel 4 is a big boy. It's a craft when it comes to doing your scripts, especially when they've got hard-hitting shows yeah. that are like heart-wrenching, it's real life. And to be able to hear myself and know that I'm a part of that and I'm helping with that direction and bringing these programs to life is insane. Like to know that millions of people are hearing my voice, it's just crazy. And it means even more to me because I was full-time at Kiss before, mm -hmm. and my presenting was going really, really well. I was working with YouTube Studios a lot. I'd worked with Apple Music, all whilst doing full-time producing a breakfast show mm -hmm. while being an assistant producer, which is really hard. It's a lot of work, there's a lot of feet on your neck, and you're working, so you can't work anymore. You don't have any more ideas left because you're mm -hmm. constantly thinking of new ones, and you never want to let anyone down, and you want your presenters to do amazingly. But my career was slowly bubbling, and I was getting these jobs that were paying me more than I was getting paid in a month for covering yeah, three yeah, months, yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually being recognized as the presenter, and yeah. being able to get myself a makeup artist, a stylist, and have people that are caring about me and the content that I'm bringing. So I had to kind of say, hmm, do you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna need to run with this and have a go at being self-employed and being able to have monopoly over my own time. I was up at 4 a.m. every day, getting in by like 4 p.m. and yeah. then literally getting ready, going to host an event, going to do this, going to do that. And it was a lot of pressure because it was like, oh, you know, you can't do everything. That's what I was being told in one ear by the seniors. So it was like, no, I can't. Period. If you're not gonna give me the opportunity here to produce and present and have a show, then I'm gonna need to go and put my full force into presenting because I know that right now is the time that I'm meant to be doing that. So yeah. I left in December and I haven't looked back since. Come on, shout out to you, man. That's so dope. Thank you. So uh, you've said you've sat down with uh, many different people, one of them being uh, Little Mix, well not you, but your little sister did. Um, who is the best person that you've sat down and had a you know catch up with? Oh, so many people, that's really hard because I get to speak to so many cool people every You could week. do top two again, it doesn't have to be one. 
Okay, my first person is Candice Brathwaite. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is just an incredible energy. Yeah. Uh, she is what I aspire to be like when I'm older, let alone her closet alone. She's yeah. amazing. And she's really true to herself. And she's really open and honest about her journey, her family life. And that brutal honesty, I think, just makes her a better person because mm -hmm. she's able to really look back and reflect and take her followers on that journey. Yeah. She's dope. Yeah, she's sick. Second person oh, would probably be a Carla. Because when I mean okay. that man is incredible, like the way he fights for us as a people, yeah. the way that he articulates himself in rooms where, you know, we're not supposed to be in or mm -hmm. rooms where they don't really want us there. But mm -hmm. he forces people to listen in the way that he he talks, in the way that he commands a room and the way that he's passionate about issues in society that affect us the most, as well as being a really sick music artist. Yeah. I've not I've not actually heard too much of his music. Mm -hmm. I've not heard too much of his music, but I've like read read his book. Yeah. Uh, and seen him on many different shows talking. But yeah, he's he's a very prolific man. I've had the pleasure of meeting him once and yeah, he's his energy is is super cool and relaxed. Yeah, it's it just so makes, relaxed. It makes it's so you chill, be like, but I expect it to be Obviously, because I've listened more to like, not listened more, sorry, like read more of his like work on talk about race and issues. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not so familiar with the with the music and that chill side, when I did meet him and I got that energy, I was like, wow, he like, I didn't expect that. But then he's missed Dynamite's sister, so what the fuck was I expecting? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? He's ready to go toe to toe in one hand. Yeah, then... <laughs> yeah. He's I got Miss Dynamite in the other hand. Okay, so to follow up from that question, who is the worst person you've had to sit down with where you're like, oh, I don't know if there's a worse person, and that's not even like me not even wanting to spill the tea. I think it's just music eyes. I'd say specifically rappers who are up and coming, and a lot of the time I'm their first interview, so I'm not expecting them to go through this media training to know exactly what to say. But sometimes the impression that kind of they don't care and that they're kind of just here in it, it makes for a really hard interview. Into, because yeah. like I'm trying to hell you up, I'm trying to big you up, yeah. I'm trying to. Pretend that, you know, no one knows who you are and there's someone in the car that might be listening that might be your next string. So yeah. I really want them to understand your personality. So when they want to give you, like, closed questions and they don't really want to talk to you and it's a bit uncomfortable and you're really trying the best you can to navigate it, it's a really hard one. Yeah. I've I've done uh, an interview once with someone on, on this show, actually. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now I've said... Do you know what fucking no? Do you know what? it was the winner? Um, uh, his name's Arturo, dope guy. He mm -hmm. won legendary uh, HBO Max's legendary. Do you ever see that show? Um, is like the houses. You know, houses, the Vogue houses. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They come out and they they battle, they dance, and they whatever they go through rounds. But yeah, he won, and he was like the the mother of the house. Mm -hmm. And so like I'd watched like, a few episodes, and I just thought that it, it was gonna be. And when he came on. Fair enough, there was a time difference, but it was just like, yeah, you know, one way dancers here. And I, it was like blood out of a stone. Yeah. But then I also get that when I, what I've seen of you is you on stage performing and you're not always going to be. Yeah, it's a such a fierce kind of. Yeah, so I was like, okay, fair, but I was just like, whoa, I got to work. Honey. I felt like that one that was, I felt like the presenter with, what's, what's his name? Hugh Grant. I yeah. felt like her. I really had to be like, what would you do in that situation? You've just got to try and spin it as much as you can spin. And yeah. there must be something that might click and be like, oh, like, I know you like this. Yeah. And that happens by doing much more research, like looking at the interviews that they've done. That's what I said last time, research, yeah. 
but even that, like, I've been in interviews and felt really uncomfortable having uh-huh. like these old men flirt, and I'm like, mm, you can my dad's age. Mm, this is really icky. How do you handle that? You just, you, I just kept swerving it back, swerving it back. Okay. It back. <laughs> and I, it's a lot with these like kind of old school American back in the day. Okay, music artists as well, and I'm like, no, no. Do you remember any of the like lines that you said, which have had you been like, okay, right now we need to do swerve? It's just like, oh, you look so beautiful, yeah, ma, yeah, oh, like, and I'm like, I'm talking about your music, and you're telling me. Is this been on live or like pre-recorded stuff? Pre-recorded, so okay. like, all that stuff got edited yeah. out. So I'm like, you're flat with me in a hotel lobby, and I'm like, this is really icky. Like, I just want to talk about your song, yeah. And it's like I'm trying to like say that you're sick, and I'm obviously I'm hyping you up, and then maybe you're taking that hype for something yeah. else. Yeah, I'm at like, work, honey. I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. Right, so before we head into uh, Melanin Magnificence, um, I want you to give us uh, a demo of the voiceover stuff you do for when you're introducing what someone's going to watch. But I want you to do it for Get The Belt podcast. Oh, okay. How about it go? Have a little moment to think. Coming up in an hour, Gordon Ramsay spilling the block and returning to three restaurants that absolutely need help. But for now, it's Get the Belt Pod with Miles Hart. And Miles is spilling all the tea and all the things you need to know, whether it's melanin magnificence, whether it's words of the day, whether it's anything that is going to get your heart racing, it's going to be his guests. Coming now on Channel 4. Period! <laughs> 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 so when we are on Channel 4, we're using that take. <laughs> Right, so let's get into Melanin Magnificence. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who is your Melanin Magnificence this week? Okay, so my Melanin Magnificence is 
a guy called Ben Winter, and he is the founder of Unstoppable Group, and he's senior management at AIM, which helps a lot of independent music artists. And he is my person this week because he has just helped DJ Ace take UK R&B artists to South by Southwest Festival in America Lit. to have their own stage. And that was everything R&B, which DJ Ace does. But he was instrumental in getting Ace kind of those connections to be able to take music artists out there. And I'm talking about James Vickery, Manelia, Kadeem Tyrell, like UK R&B mm. sound. Yeah. And you think like, why weren't they there already? Yeah. Why aren't they already in those rooms? But sometimes it just takes a person that's connecting the dots and that can give you access and really champion for you to go across. And I think Ben really deserves his flowers because he does so much for up-and-coming music artists, independent music artists, and platforms that really champion UK talent. Dope. Shout out to you, Ben. Um, my Melanin Magnificence this week goes out to a lady by the name of Sandra Igwe. Now, she is the founder of motherhood group which is a leading support group for black british mothers and she is also the co-chair of birthrights inquiry and is also the author of my black motherhood uh mental health stigma racism and the system now she's basically created a new landmark um in which is called the health conference for black mothers and it took place yesterday oh. um yeah, and it was the first ever kind of its event in the United Kingdom. Um, and it is basically uh, a conversation that was had to discuss uh, the system, the disparities in the system, and reiterating the importance of black women receiving healthcare that is respectfully, culturally um, competent, safe, and of the highest quality. Uh, like I said, this happened yesterday on Monday, the 20th of March. Um, and she's just out here making noise in the healthcare system. And hopefully that will invoke change because, you know, we've been hearing for many, many, many years uh, the treatment that black women receive in the healthcare system, especially when it comes to birthing and pregnancy and stuff like that. And the mortality uh, rate is um, 3.7 times more likely for a black woman to die during childbirth, which is mad and i think that's actually gone up since like a year ago when i was discussing something similar on the podcast so the fact that this is the first time that this is happening is mad but big props to uh sandra for for curating this event and putting it on and hopefully this invokes more change so yeah big up to you sandra igwe for doing doing the things that's amazing we definitely yeah. need more people like her doing those things and as you said this is a clear example of build your own door because yeah she couldn't yeah. find one to open so she's built her own conference and then again the powers that be will see that yeah and that's when change happens period uh so yeah that was my melanie magnificence this week let's quickly move on to miles measures i want to keep it short and sweet uh because I don't know where the time has gone. But Jussie Smollett, you know what happened? You know Jussie Smollett, the, yeah. emp the Empire guy? So obviously he had his whole scandal. Like, I think it was about, it was before the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was before. So this is like, this is years ago. However, you know, he had said that these two black guys, two Nigerian guys, like tied him up and called him X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, they've actually appeared for the first time on a documentary yes. where they're talking all about it and they say, no, he's just an actor. Like, I can't believe this guy was crying on TV. He paid us to do this and that and this. What are your takes on it? Do you think that he, do you think that he did set it all up? Based on that, I do. Yeah, same. And it's really annoying because it's like, you want to root for someone because you want to hope that they're telling the truth, especially yeah. on such a world stage and something, an issue about race is something that 
everyone is really passionate about, especially yeah. as a community, because we want to stand up for the injustices and we want to be able to have full faith and belief in our black brothers and sisters. Yeah. So when you do things like that, it's really effed. And yeah. secondly, like you're making it harder for all of us. You're taking it back a couple yeah. of steps. Because again, it's like now the next black person, are they likely to be believed? Are they likely to need so much evidence to be yeah. able to proclaim their innocence and the truth before we even believe them? Because if it makes me feel like everyone is going to be guilty until proven innocent mm. instead of innocent until proven guilty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was really effed, especially as a, a person from the LGBTQDL community. Like, not only are you pulling us back and taking us a step back for the, you know, for the blacks, you'd also do it for the LGBTQ community as well, which is, it's just like a double jab to like two different peak communities that are already struggling. And to a certain extent, I think are, are low key, high key at war with each other. Like it's hard enough as it is being black, but when you're queer and black, mm -hmm. for the most part, these like, especially like in the Christian community, um, in the black community, it's just, it's just not, it's just, it's just not accepted. It's just not accepted. So, yeah, I feel like that was effed up. Are you going to watch? Are you going to watch it? I think it's out already. Yeah, I think I will watch it. And what you said about being effed up, I think it's really hard because especially when you're saying there's um, kind of war between the black community and the LGBTQ mm. plus DL community. Mm. It's like the, the black people that are going to war for the LGBTQ plus DL yeah. community. And now are they going to fret to go to war for you? Exactly. And it's like they shouldn't have to fret. Yeah. Because really we're trying to overcome our own. Yeah internal issues yeah. and now outward facing we're even more separated than we were before yeah messed up I don't even think he's that talented I think he's a good actor but I, I just don't know what he was trying to achieve was it clout was it apparently he was looking they said that he was trying to get a, symp a sympathy vote from everyone for like surviving this attack just to build status to be talked about you just didn't have to go so extreme. No, like, like, like really... everyone knows about scandals. There's yeah. been scandals for how many years? This was crossed the line. Yeah, no, it, it was fucked up. And you were already like he was already being spoken about, like and being invited to the to the events. Like he had a platform already from being like on that show. Yeah, in Empire itself. was huge. So I don't see why he. I don't know. With I, I actually fell off. If I'm being honest, I did fall off of Empire. It did get like maybe season two, three. It got a bit too extra for yeah, me. Because I think that's when like um like was it was it Greenland? There's one about Greenleaf. The Greenleaf. Came Greenleaf out. is lit. That's and that's then power lit. came through. So it was also it had its run. Oh yeah, but um I fell off. Did his character get killed off? Couldn't tell you. Oh period. I thought maybe he just like died and thought. I'm going to be forgotten about it, so I need to be mm. in the news or something. I don't know. Anyway, next. So, right. So, did you hear about that Diplo? Um, the, so, right. So, Diplo went on a podcast with some, I don't know, some white girl was talking to him about things. And the clip that went viral on TikTok was that um, he'd received oral sex from a guy, but mm -hmm. he says it's not gay. Uh, and then, so she was like, oh, so you're not gay? He's like, well, I'm not, not gay, but receiving head from a man isn't gay. I need my camera to be on for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, let me... you cute, sis. The light is hitting you good. Thank you. You're welcome, man. Let me just digest. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> so, yeah, baby girl, it's getting... What do you think? It's getting head. It is getting head from a man gay if you're a man yourself. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get why it wouldn't not be. 
But I think that's coming from an internal confidence issue that he's having with his own sexuality of why yeah. is he saying that? Because I agree. Getting head and getting head doesn't matter if you're male or female. It's a sexual act. Yeah. What does matter is if you're getting pleasure from it and you're enjoying it, it's still a person that it's attached to. Yeah. And it's like there is some sort of connection. I know people say it's just sex, but yeah. it's not. I definitely think it's some gay shit and you are not a straight man if you... Okay, you could be a straight man if you've had head from a guy once and like mm -hmm. that you didn't enjoy it. But if it's been like once, twice, three times a nigga, then, <laughs> then you are not straight. <laughs> then you are not straight, my guy. Just call a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah. I, I get like what you're saying about, you know, head is head. But again, it is attached to a person. If you're doing it, if you've done it, like I said, more than once with a guy or someone of the same sex, then then you are not straight. However, I do think, oh, I don't know. I do think that you could maybe enjoy sexual activities with a person. Like, I know it's far more normalized for girls to be like, we kiss each other, whatever, whatever. And for men, it's like, not at all. They're not, they don't have access to that sexual freedom, I mm -hmm. would say, in the same way women do. But I do feel like you can like do things sexually with a, with a certain gender and not necessarily be able to fall in love with them and I don't know or is that a big yeah I think that if that's the route you want to go down then I think you have to be um it should be like whether you're attracted to like androgynous people mm -hmm. or non-gender conforming people and you're yeah. also non-gender conforming yourself because then you can say like oh it doesn't matter who I have sex with because I am this and I'm also attracted to people that are mm -hmm. in that same way inclined so it's yeah. like then there's no difference but if you're saying you know i am a heterosexual man but i like getting head from men's it's not making sense yeah it's not the sense ain't sensing yeah he ain't no straight man he probably i think he's just bi and that's fine be bi be proud. Lovely. we love it i love it and again like, i don't really care who you're doing bits with but it, once you're going to go and talk about it on a public podcast now yeah it's yeah. different um right so tyler perry recently spoke out about getting emotional when he was Discipline, disciplining his son. Now, discipline and hitting in in parenting or in any kind of issues, but specifically in parenting for me, is such a big thing for me. I've had this conversation with my boyfriend uh, mm -hmm. a few times. Um, not that I'm planning on having any kids anytime soon, but just like... We no, you don't have those future because, chats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, Tyler Perry said uh, he overheard his son, um, who um, he must be like eight and below because he was disagreeing or arguing with the nanny when she was like brush your teeth brush your teeth and he was like no 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 and Tyler Perry overheard came in and was just like this is not how we raised you we love you you need to do this x y and z and he said he walked away getting emotional because he thought back to when he was a child and all it was is cussing and like getting slapped up what are your what is your scent what is your take on like hitting kids like do you believe that there's like an age where it stops or like you never do it or like yeah a little slap on the wrist or are you whooping your child and if you know you know the whole saying if you if he who must not hear must feel like what's your take on that um i don't want to hit my kids at all and yeah. that's just my preference um even as a child i wasn't really a naughty kid so i never really got beat a lot and the yeah, couple times i me, did you oh you did yeah what'd you do girl <laughs> I think I must have like spat or something. Ah, I'm not you spitting. I don't even remember, but that's what, so what I've been so so I've been claimed, and I think I got like smacked on my butt by yeah. my dad like back in the day. But 
It's not something that I would do. I can I see a lot of these trends, and I'm so I'm not a parent, so there's only so much I can say. Yeah. But where people are doing gentle parenting, and I do believe that action should have consequences. Yeah. So I do believe in like if there's something that you love or that they love, then taking that away and yeah. being very clear of this is happening because you're not a doing this. Yeah. So I would try and do consequential parenting. I hope. Um. But also like sometimes when kids are bad breed, like they do need something that's is strong enough as a hit without being physical mm-hmm. so that they can understand on a deeper level. Because it's not like, oh, I'm not going to brush my teeth. But then that's like, if you're doing serious things yeah. like vandalism, stealing, there needs yeah. to be something as harsh as that without leaving dents and marks on your child. Your 12, 13-year-old... Okay, let's say your... Yeah, 13-year-old son, daughter, them, uh, comes home from school, they've got into trouble, they call you a cunt. What are you doing? Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they heard it from they from their white friends that call their parents cunts all the time, and they come over and say, "Ma, ma, you can't leave me alone." Are we taking away PlayStation or we're taking away everything? Oh, everything's gone. We're, we're sitting down, and it's like, first of all, we're just going to rewind because that's not something that we ever say. Yeah. Second of all, this is why we don't say it, and third of all, everything is going. As in, everything is gone. <laughs> you might have a mattress and a bed sheet. You might not even have a duvet. Yeah. Like, absolutely everything. There's going to be no luxury because, listen, that's courtesy for getting shipped. Yeah. But, you know, we ain't got that kind of shipping power right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Bare my, minimum. My mum put a bar of uh, imperial leather soap in my mouth for saying bloody hell <gasps> as I was going up the stairs and I thought I was bad. She was like, say one more time to what I do. I got to the top of my room and I said, bloody hell. I heard my mum up the soap in my mouth, in my teeth. So saying cunt, I could never imagine. What but would yeah, you do? What would I do? Something really, really similar to you. Like I'm, I would, after doing, you know, therapy, looking back at how I was raised and seeing other things and reading books and stuff, all about love for me changed uh, by Bell Hooks, changed how I think mm-hmm. about uh, parenting and even like the relationship with parents and their children. But um, I believe any kind of attack on the body is physical abuse no mm-hmm. what I, mean, I feel like some people disagree with me and they say no it's not but ultimately i i just they see it as black and white and mm-hmm. you know if a little slap like i wouldn't do that to one of my friends mm-hmm. because they'd be like why are you slapping me and i get it people, children are younger but yeah i wouldn't i pray that i just never lay a hand on any of my children's mm-hmm. um bodies um so yeah everything is gone i'm turning off the electricity in their room there's no phone yeah yeah you're gonna live like you're in the in the 1920s yeah for the next for the foreseeable future by (laughs) candlelight yeah no i hope to never lay a hand on my my children either i hope to not have to do that as a parent and i hope that if i got to that part of my life where it felt like I actually needed to strangle them mm-hmm. that I would have enough support around me like you need to I need to cool down you need to go and stay yeah. with your nan you need to go and stay with whoever yeah. you need to go and roll with your dad for a bit yeah. and understand why because yeah. I also feel like there's a lot of things that they don't understand and it's a lot of their emotions and they're lashing out yeah. and if I didn't have the words to get in myself and check myself how can I expect you to check yourself okay, at yeah. that young age yeah. but then I do also believe in if you're going to bite me I will bite you back so mm-hmm. you know how it feels. If you're going to hit mum, mum will hit back. Obviously not yeah. with full force, but you need to understand what that feels like mm-hmm. because some kids don't understand. Like, you see, like when you see your kid out at a park or like a cousin, niece, nephew, whatever, and another kid pushes pushes them over and they get back up and 
I'm expecting a pushback. Yeah. And that's kind of my, you get your one, you'll get your one strike. As long as they do it first and you do it back. Yeah. I will back you. Yeah. Whereas if you're the instigator, I can't back you. Yeah. Um, I feel like you'd have a good outlook on this. So Mahalia, he hit out recently to music labels, telling them to stop telling artists that their music needs to quote unquote do something on TikTok before they do anything with it. Mm -hmm. uh, she told them that it's a fuckery and it's just not inspiring. Like, what is your, what is your take on what she said there? I do agree with her. I don't yeah. think TikTok should be the be all and end all because there's so many TikTok artists, should I say, that have come out who are not good, but they have a good following. Mm -hmm. So then it also like buries the artists that are good, but their following is yet to keep up. And it also limits the artists that are not TikTok focused, but mm -hmm. they now have to be. And then you see TikToks like, oh, like my label are forcing me to do this silly dance, be able to stream my song. Not everyone is going to have a viral sensation. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think, excuse me, if that's the case, then okay, let's get some other funding and some other ways that we can engage audiences, whether that's experiential events, whether that's some pop-ups, like let's let's take it, let's start busking, let's do some things that we can also make content out of mm -hmm. and engage in another way. Yes, TikTok is free, but it's not free if that's it's going to weigh on your soul. That's yeah. where you pay the price as an artist. So it's okay, like let's also find some other ways yeah. that we can put some funds into doing some stuff for you. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I get that TikTok is like exploding and it is you know, very instrumental in how many people conduct their business. And let's not forget, being an artist, yes, it can just be a hobby, but if you're doing it for your work, it is a business yeah, as well. You need to be across socials. Yeah, but I, I get it, because, like, my cousin has been, like, she's an influencer, that's her job. And she's been telling me for, like, years now, get on TikTok, get on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, on it, but I actually really struggle. And I'm, a, I'm not just a presenter, I'm an actor as well, so I'm used to performing but i really struggled with tiktok like mm -hmm. really so i i get it but even when you were just saying then that there's other things you can do busking da, 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 like you're that, that's the producer and you coming out because i wouldn't have even thought i just think tiktok oh i've got to do this dance or I've see tiktok is just content at yeah. the end of the day it's a place where you can go and find content so I'm in a trial and error stage of TikTok of trying to build my following, but also trying to find what I enjoy doing and what people would enjoy seeing. Yeah. So is that my series stuff, taking shorts from that? Is it a day in the life of me and my sister? Like, what yeah. is it? Because a lot of these TikToks don't have to be as polished. They don't have to be a whole entire yeah. 25 hour job yeah. to be able to create. And sometimes that's when we overthink it because there's the pressure on it. So if you take the pressure off, play around, do, five different concepts and see what you enjoy and what people are enjoying watching. Mm. But the pressure on that to be a good music artist, that's why everyone can make content these days. Everyone is a UGC creator with their phones. So it makes it even harder to push through. So I'm saying there's a lot of shit out there. Yeah. So it's like cutting through the shit is really hard. Mm -hmm. People getting jobs and getting clout and getting bookings for things that they, not that they shouldn't be, but actually they have no business being on or, yeah. or doing because they have numbers. Yeah. So unfortunately, Part of you needs to play that game and yeah. build up your numbers. But when you get there, you'll be in a position where you can say no to those jobs that you don't want to do, that yeah. you can accept the jobs that are for you. And that's what a lot of people need to get confidence in doing because everyone doing everything and accepting every job and it's not quite aligned with their brand or who mm. they are or where they want to go. It just becomes really saturated and becomes fake and it doesn't make yeah. sense. And then your followers are like, oh, but last week you told us you were plant-free and then this week you've got to deal with steak and co. Like, it's not yeah, making sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Um, I'm going to leave that one. For now, I want to quickly finish off Miles' measures with Lil Nas. So did you see Lil Nas X 
um, we've received a bit of backlash for reposting this gorgeous black girl who resembled him. Like, if you would see them, you'd be like, oh, yes. is, that, is that your sister or whatnot? And he was like, oh, the surgery was a success. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people, like, hit out at him saying, oh, this is transphobic and all of this. Now, I can see how in this hypersensitive world, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised that he got backlash for it, but I don't, I personally don't think that he should of. I'm not trans. I'm very pro my community and that involves me being here for the trans community, but I don't think he should have received backlash from it because he wasn't out here saying that she was ugly. She was cute and she, she looked like him. But that's my take on it. I think people were getting oversensitive and there were like famous trans people that also came out and said, guys, I think you need to be redirecting this anger towards, you know, this person in um, mm -hmm. in government who is actually passing transphobic laws, not this guy. Like it's fake, it's fake anger, like dead it. What were your thoughts when you saw that? If you saw. I did that, see you that. You did see it, yeah. Um, Obviously, I don't know Lil Nas X personally, but he yeah. is a troll within himself, but in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Like, he loves to joke about things. Like, you saw <clears> when he was pregnant for a time. Yeah. Like, you see the kind of things that you do, and you know, like, who he sounds for as a person. Like, his core fans know that. Yeah. The general public, I'm not a huge Lil Nas X fan, but mm -hmm. I do know enough of, of him to know that he's not causing offence. Yeah. Whereas there are bigger fish to fry, and I think in these arguments. Now, I'm not trans, and I am an ally, so if my trans friends had an issue with it, then of course I would support it. Yeah. But I think also when you've got an oversensitive society, which can be great in some ways, because we are yeah. now making new rules and regulations of 100%. what is acceptable and what isn't, mm -hmm. there are bigger fish to fry that we need to be fighting about than Lil Nas X. Like the same energy we have for him, we need to have for these other people who are causing real damage to your lives, your safety, and the community itself. Yeah. And I think if trans, like prominent trans people are also feeling that same way, it's kind of for them to kind of G-check the community and then for all of us to take that lead and move with, move with however they want to move. Yeah. But there's a lot of like fake outrage these days, which makes it really, really hard. Yeah. But I don't believe in, you know, this snowflake community and, and, and I don't believe in that because I think we're coming to a new space where we need to really sort out our norms and our regulations yeah. and what is acceptable and what isn't because back in the day a lot of things were very acceptable slavery was acceptable period yeah <laughs> but we've changed our views on that so yeah if i want to change my views on you know the trans community or if i want to change my views on the lgbtq plus dl community the black community any community i love how you're including dl girl that's i my just learned little... that today yeah so right <laughs> i not heard you say and i was say... like i'm where i'm with you and i support so i'm gonna add that in well, I call it the, the LGBTQDL community because you know what a DL man is, right? Down low? Yes. Okay. Come on. There's so many people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. So yeah, they, they be lying. They be having their girlfriends mm -hmm. and, you know, their wives or they single, but, you know, go church every Sunday and they're straight and they, you know, deliver mm -hmm. and all of that. But they out here getting piped down, getting their dips up by men's like mm -hmm. Diplo, but still being straight, allegedly. Right. Yeah. So I purposely include them in the community because for me you are part of the community like whether you I like love it or not that. lgbtq dl yeah thank you for teaching me that you're welcome babe. and, and I can love you see that. how i'm just down to i support everyone so if you're teaching yeah, me something uh, new i'm willing to learn and willing to support um okay i did say i wasn't going to say this but like we'll uh, go over it real quick so lul roach the celebrity stylist uh, retired yes, early. Yes, saw this. There was a whole... I've not seen... I've not seen everything. Mm -hmm. But the, the the two, three clips I have seen, he went on a podcast and said, the rumours are 
false. I've not like split up with Zendaya because apparently like they were like. Like yes, it looked but, like he didn't have a seat at the fashion yeah, show. Yeah, so he went to her LV fashion show and they pulled up and she, I mean, she was real quick to hop, skip and jump into the seat and smile and be like, but... Yes. Apparently she was okay. late. Yeah. Okay, so maybe someone took his seat, but I don't know. But he did a podcast to speak about it, you know, deny those rumours that they're not like, you know, falling out and whatnot, but has said like, we don't get respected enough, we don't get treated um, uh, at the same as the talent and at the end of the day if we weren't there to make the talent look glamorous or look however they need to look they wouldn't be essentially for like for the most part what they're known for like people like Mariah Carey like when you look at them you know she's glamorous without the her stylist mm -hmm. she wouldn't be glamorous or as yeah. glamorous so what is your take on it because i heard you say before like you 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 hired a makeup artist now and like, like you're starting to use or have been using like these kind of people's mm -hmm. what is your stance on where you know a, a stylist should be should they be front row should he have expected it or does it depend on like where you're at in your career Hmm, it's a hard one because mm -hmm. it, it depends a lot on the relationship that you have with the talent yeah. but then also like regardless of that relationship it also depends on the type of stylist that you are. If you're a stylist that expects to be front row and center, that, that should be known to your client. Yeah. If you guys are going to be like Batty and Bench, then that needs to be known to these fashion places that you are going yeah. to. Because some stylists, they want to do their work and they right. want to go or yeah. they have other clients to do. Like yeah. hairstylists, for example, they're not loyal to one client. They may have one client that they work with a lot, but when Janet, Missy calls, yeah. they're also going to go. So it's like, what are the boundaries here? And making sure that the fashion house knows it. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know the full story but I've heard there's like a lot of negativity between the fashion house and law himself so that might be oh. a separate pro um, a separate issue and a separate problem because he's saying like he styled um, what was her name An Anya she was in her name is An her name is um, Anya Anya Taylor Anya Taylor Joy she's mm -hmm. an actress okay American American actress and I'm pretty sure that he styled her and Louis Vuitton reposted it yeah. and it did amazingly. She started then getting loads and loads of more jobs, but she, but they didn't um, credit him or tag him. So apparently there's a long standing issue, but I'm okay, maybe Okay, that's fucked up. But yeah, it depends on your relationship with the stylist, what yeah. your boundaries and your expectations are. Um, because sometimes I do understand that the stylist may not be able to go anywhere because at the end of the day, they're not the talent. As long yeah. as they're respected by the talent, as long as they're being paid by the talent or the fashion yeah. house or whatever their value is that they get and they receive from that, it's down to the individual. Yeah. It's not wholly Zendaya's job to make sure that that happens, but she should be champion for, championing yeah. for it if that's what Law wants. 100%. And he gives me, I should be set at front row. Because he's done a lot outside of just styling. Like, mm -hmm. he was actually one of the judges, that permanent judges on that show that I was talking about earlier, uh, Legendary. So then he's also yeah. like a celebrity in his own in, right. Yeah, like he is. Yeah, he is. So then it's like, are you going to this show as a celebrity as well? Or are you or going as... The stylist, because I think that's two very different things. You can be a celebrity stylist, but is it like Kim K and Mario? Because Mario can go out and do his own thing and, and be sat front yeah. row for being Mario. But if he's in the pos position of Kim K's makeup artist, I'm looking for Kim. I'm not looking yeah, for him yeah. to be next to her. 100%. Well, that is it for this week's uh, segment of Miles Measures. Um, I, w I do want to play a little game with you, but I think let's 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 get to the let's let's get the belt first. Uh, and then we'll finish off with a little game because I've, yeah, I feel like finishing on something happy today. And I feel like this would be a funny little game. Right, so who does your belt go to this week, Jay? Oh or what does it? It doesn't need to be a person. 
It doesn't need to be heavy. It needs to just be just something that you just want to get off your chest. Mm, let me have a think. Do you know what? It's just been the little things this week. Like... That um, sounded loaded. <laughs> like, literally, like... Like the Frosties. <laughs> the Frosties. So this morning, I'm leaving. I'm trying to be on time for the podcast. And I'm thinking, let me just tidy up these Frosties before I go away. I lift it up. The whole bottom of the bag drops out. And the whole contents of the Frosties box. I'm talking about a large box. That video is on my floor. Like, the scream I let out was an internal <laughs> scream. And I'm like, you are making me late because I was on time. <laughs> then it was like, I've got a parking ticket this week. And it's like, I tried my best to pay when I saw that my time was running out. But I was on the tube and it yeah. was like, I just couldn't get it to go through. I kept getting to pay and it kept going processing and it kept stopping. And it was like, I needed to get off, but I couldn't because I needed to get to the car. So it's like, do uh, I get off and pay and knowing that I've already missed my parking or yeah. do I try and get to the car? Got to the car, still got a ticket. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, please, who is testing me Who's this paid week? It already? I have paid it. I couldn't oh. even appeal it because I, I didn't have a leg to stand on. But I was trying. Like, I know that I tried really hard. Oh, bless you, bless. You know, it's those little things, like, they can get to you and they can really, like, shift your mood and shift mm. your week. So it's like, I'm trying to recenter and not let that shift me. But when things are trying to play me, yeah. I just can't get out of these bad moods. And I, then it affects me and my, um, affects my work and I don't want to be in that and take that energy with me. But then sometimes you just need to be mad and be yeah. mad for a bit. And people don't want to let you be, it's fine, you know, look on the bright side. No, no, there is no bright side. <laughs> the bright side is cancelled. Let me just be mad for a bit. <laughs> That's me, man. When I get into a bad mood, it's so hard to get out. My belt this week goes out to people that you know, or that you don't know like on a level like that yet, but you've seen them at least five, six, seven times out and about with the same... Yeah. Same circles. We've, we've both got many, many, many mutuals. Mm -hmm. Many, 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 many men. Tune. Um, and every time you see each other, you've engaged eye contact. Mm -hmm. But you never want to say hi. People that will continue to then see you out. And now it gets to the point where you're, you're seeing I'm there. But now you're saying hello to the people next to me. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. And... And I don't know what it is in them that just doesn't want them to to allow themselves to be like, oh, hey, I've seen you around a few times. Like, I've been in that position with, like, some of my nearest and dearest now where I've seen them out so many times. I'm like, if I don't say hello or we don't say hello, it's going to get to the point where I'm not going to just not fuck with you because mm -hmm. I've seen you out so many times and now it's given you're making a choice to ignore me. Like, because you know we're yeah. around. Da, 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 da. So, like, I went up to, like, two of my really good friends and was like, oh, I've seen you out so many times. Let's just say hello because it's actually getting awkward now. So the people that are out there continuously doing this, like they all get the belt. I don't know what it is. Weird that's facts. in them. It's weird. weird. And there's this one guy in particular that like sprung to my mind. I saw him the other day at Shoreditch, not Shoreditch House, at um, White City House Gym. And like he, we've seen each other at Bear in, 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 in clubs, at like theatre events. And never wants to say hello I think I've actually said hello to him once. Um, and he's just been like, oh, yeah, you're good. But ever since then, it's a and weird prior, then, prior then and after then, he never wants to, like, do that back. Is he shy? No. I hate that. Sometimes I give you the benefit of the doubt because I think you may be painstakingly shy and you may be internalising and so awkward in your mind yeah. that actually saying hello feels really hard. Because so if you're shy, you're not coming up to my man next to me 
and saying, hey, hey. how you doing? And then ignore ah, me. That's not shy. That's brassnik. That's the opposite to shy. You're brave. You that's that's bravery. That's courageous. That's chest. Especially to me. And I know that I this is what I mean. Like I know that you know me, or that you know people that know me that will tell you that I'm not the one. So for you to decide to now say hello to people around me and not say hello to me is not you're not shy. That's a disrespect. You're a dickhead. That's a disrespect. And you want smoke. So yeah, people that do that, that continuously see you out and about and ignore you, then people get the belt for me because oh they really I'm smiling, but they actually do get me in my feels. And if I wasn't on the treadmill when you decided to come up to, to my man and say hello, next time I'm pressing stop and I will say <laughs> hi. Next time I'm pressing, no, you pressing stop. Next time I, you know when you do like that with your legs and you yeah. have to stop? Yep, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> and I'm doing yeah. the hello. And if you give me a, oh, nice to meet you, I'm the one that will always say, nah, we have yeah, we, met. Ah, we have met. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, we have met. Yeah, those people get the belt. All of them, all of them. And you people that, you know, we've been out and we've said hello. We've been around mutuals and we've been fine. And then the next time you see me, it's like we've never met before. You also get the belt. That's that same weird energy. Weirdos. Weird, weird, weird. And other people that I know that like you... I don't... I I, I can't like you now. And I can't... I don't don't get why. Because I don't have a reason apart from you being weird. Yeah. It's weird and it's rude though, Jay. Like... I think the man would have pushed me over the edge. Saying hi to my man yeah. would have pushed me over the edge. Yeah, no, and then just nothing for me. And you can see, you can see me there. And there's no bad blood. This is it. There's no bad blood, but you're just, you're right. It's just weird. It's just wayward. And yeah, you motherfuckers get the belt. Bye. Right, so let's end with a little game. Uh, so I'm going to just fire off questions at you, Jay. Okay. Ooh, all right. And you can't be doing up no thinking. You've got to just drop, drop, okay. drop, yeah? Okay. You've got to be fast with it. Um, oh, oh, okay, okay. No, no, okay. No, I digress. I digress. I'm going to ask you three questions because I wrote down loads, but the time has gone. Um, oh, not the get the belt sound uh, in the background. Right. So I'm going to ask you two questions and then we're going to play the game and then we add this bitch. Okay. Right. So... Uh, what is the biggest piece of advice you have for aspiring presenters out there? Make what you want to see. Just do it. Period. You want to present the weather, you get a fake green screen app and you present the weather and you give it your best go. Yes. And don't be afraid and shame because people are like, you think, oh, my friend's going to laugh. They're not your friends. Oh, people are going to laugh. Okay, you don't, you don't owe them anything. Yeah, that part. Um, that, yeah, you, well done for you for having an answer so quick. You know what you're doing, babes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I want it to slap. I want it to give. You know, what's his name? Steve. Steve Barrett. Is it Steve Barrett? The, the diary, that, that one. Yeah. Uh, can he be asking questions, girl? I want to put some like serious music in the back. Go for it. I love that. <laughs> um. Ah. Okay. Do you have any big influences or icons that you look up to? Yeah, of course. The likes of Angelica Bell, mm-hmm. AJ Odudu, just strong, prominent black women that are smashing it in this industry and that give me representation on TV. Your Charlene White, your Judy Loves. Love you guys. Okay, I know I said I was going to do two questions, but I've got like one more here. What is your biggest insecurity professionally? Um, and how do you, if you do, how do you combat that and overcome it? I think it's not feeling good enough and I know that I'm good enough and I know that I can do very, very well. But it's like 
a lot of the stuff like you need, the jobs that you need to be able to do have to give you validation to feel good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm my biggest cheerleader, but then it's like, it's really hard to stay motivated, even if it's the one thing you want to do in the world, when you need to get validation from others, whether mm-hmm. that's social media, whether it's a brand, a job, like if that's what the society sees. That's what you need to see. So, oh my God, yeah, yeah, she's doing well. I saw her do this the other day. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's how this industry works. So it's known that I am good. And people say, oh my God, you're doing all the right things and being in the right places and having the right talent, but not getting the accolades. Like, I don't know what I'll do if I don't feel like I've not got there. Mm. I'd be like, what do you mean? It's not yeah. possible. Okay, so it's time for our game. Let me get up these right. So like I was saying, you've got to answer as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. No thinking, no double guessing. First thing that comes to your head, one, two, three, go. It's going to be over really soon. Okay. Yeah? You ready? Let's go. Right. Are you a Beyonce fan? Yes. Are you going to the Renaissance tour? Yes. Favourite song on the album? Uh, break My Soul. Favourite song at the moment in general? Church Girl. Worst song at the moment? Um, any song? Any song. Um, any any really, really old Cardi B. Oh. Uh, uh, Favourite club in London? Um, I don't really club in London. I don't Ooh, know. Where do you, okay, favourite club. What's your favourite club? Oh, I'm not really a clubber. Oh my God, I, okay, favourite drink? Um, Ponsal Martini. Celebrity crush? Michael B. Jordan. Most annoying celebrity? Um, Azealia Banks. Your favourite thing to do? Sleep. Worst thing to do? Exercise. What's your star sign? Taurus. Best trait? Personality. Your worst trait? Personality. Favourite <laughs> dance move? Uh, I'd love a doggy. Favourite sex position? Oh, missionary. Which Worst sex position? Um, um, anything like reverse awkward leg positions. A food that you hate? Mushrooms. African food or Caribbean food? Caribbean food. Ginger beer or super malt? Ginger beer. Rice with your roast? Yes. Favourite dance move? Um, um, Bucking. <laughs> your favourite part of your body? Um, teeth. Favourite part of your man's body? Um, arm muscles. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Get The Belt Podcast. You did it. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I hope you have fun. It was a pleasure having you on. Did, um, what is your next thing that we can look out for? Have you got any more episodes of your show coming? Like, what can we, what are we staying tuned for? Um, I'm filming a new series, which Dope. is going to be filmed this Sunday. So that'll be coming out April. And then Dope. look out for me on Channel 4 and E4. You'll hear my voice, voice of God, just talking Here to you. Here he is. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my love. Um, Thank you guys as well for listening and tuning in. Uh, I'll put all of Jay's socials and all of the things, links to her content in the description to this episode. Um, And yeah, stay tuned. I've been Miles Hart. You've been listening to the podcast that is known as Home of Melanin. Melanin, Magnificence and Kingdom of Belts. You have been listening to Get the Belt. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.